Nuku53 is Maya Mariner. She is the founder of Lazy Sneakers, a not-for-profit organization that collects and redistributes reusable sneakers for free. Maya is 15. She came up with this idea at 12 and has enabled Tamariki to participate in sports and other activities right across Pōneke and around the country with a simple pair of shoes. From size 18 plus basketball kicks to a styly pair of chucks, this kōhine is changing lives. In this episode, Maya gives us an insight into what it's like being a young Indigenous woman in Aotearoa today. She shares with us the highlights of her mahi, helping young and old, and opens our eyes to the realities of running a charity while also still being in high school. And thanks to some encouragement from her whāngai nuku aunties, she tells you how you can help her achieve her dreams. Whakarongo mai. Kia ora, I'm Kiane. Nuku is a movement. We're empowering Indigenous wahine to be agents of change, cultivating opportunities to shape the world we want. Through this series, we're meeting 100 kick-ass Indigenous wahine doing things differently. They show us how the world can be shaped by our unique Indigenous voice. It's all about who we are and not who we've been told to be. Nuku, mahine, mohine, kiahine. Kia ora, Maya Mariner. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for inviting us down here to Porneke and to your whare. Um, I wanted to start the podcast actually by just saying uh, a little bit about how I first met you and how I found out about you, which was through the YWCA's Y25 um, program. Yeah. And... Um, you came to speak at Nuku Live this year. Yeah. How was that for you? Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> it was it was so cool. I, I don't think I've ever been to uh, an event that was so um, so unique and um, especially about upright. Um, what's the word? Up uplifting. uplifting. Um, indigenous woman and the artwork there was cool by mm. Lizzie Cole. Yeah. Lizzie Cole. Um, it was so cool and so unique and I really, really liked it. Everybody loved your corridor and we're going to talk in this podcast about what you spoke about at Nuku Live, which was lazy sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to start, preface this podcast by saying that you're only, you're still only 15? Yeah. So 15 years old um, and doing some pretty amazing things in this world. And so it was only right to have you as part of our Nuku 100. And I wanted you to share with us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. Mm. Um, so I was, oh, well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast and be part of um, Nuku. Uh, I was um, born in Auckland. Um I was basically raised in Auckland, um, but when I was nine, we moved down to Wellington. Um, so I've been here for about six years. Um, I'm half Māori, half Samoan. Um, my Māori side comes from my mum's side. Um, that side is from the Eastern Bay of Plenty um, in Torere, and my iwi there is Ngaitai. And basically on my dad's side, um, my grandparents are from, no, my oh, my papa is from Savai'i. Mm. Yeah. And my Samoan side is up in Auckland too. Have you been to Samoa? No. <sighs> um, I really want to go there. And I think my dad's trying to get me to go there next year. Just yeah. spend some time with my um, my papa who's up there. 
Yeah. Nice. I've been to Savai once. Yeah. And it's pretty beautiful. Yeah, I'd so love to go there. It's a gorgeous place to come from. Yeah. <laughs> and so you are currently living in Wellington and going to, is it Queen Mary? Queen Margaret College. Queen Margaret. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Queen Margaret College. Tell me a bit about that school um, and I've, what you do there. Uh, when I first moved to Wellington, um, I was year six, so I've been there since year six. Um, what I do there, I'm year 11 now um, and I'm on study leave, so I'm preparing for exams. Um, yeah, that's basically what I do at QMC. <laughs> What's your, what uh, What subjects are you taking this year? Um, this year I take history, um, business, Spanish, English, maths and one more. Oh, wait, I think that might be it. Yeah? Yeah, pretty sure. I'm just like, how many periods do you have in a day these days? And <laughs> English, Spanish, history. Oh my gosh! Oh no! Oh I no! I haven't been to school in a while. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> yeah. And what's your favorite subject? Oh, um, I don't know. It's been a it's been a weird year, eh? Um, mm. I don't know. I really like health. It's not a subject you specifically pick. It's more compulsory, but. We have some really good discussions in health. Yeah. Yeah, some really big, um, bold discussions. Is it, and both of your parents work in health? Yeah. Is it just coincidental that you also like? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I can come home and have discussions with um, my parents about it. Yeah. Yeah, very, very open discussions, which I think is really cool. What sort of topics do you guys discuss in health? Oh, like all topics. Um, Talk about um, sex and um, sexuality and all of this um, interesting stuff. So I'm able to have these conversations with my parents about these big topics that um, I'm very grateful for because um, it allows me to grow and mature as a person and they're very supportive of that. Mm. Yeah. I'm just thinking back to when I was 15, I don't think I ever had any of those sorts of conversations yeah. with my parents. <laughs> yeah, well, it helps they work in health, eh? Because, yeah. yeah, we talk about mental health and... Um, drugs and alcohol and, yes, yeah, some stuff that they have had experience with in their workplace. Do you have other siblings? Yes, I have a sister. How old is she? She will be 32. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And she, I know that she doesn't live in Wellington, so do you guys have a, like, even though she lives far, mm. further, further north... Do you guys still have quite a close relationship? Yeah, we do, because she is my big sister and um, I can talk to her about a lot of different things too, mm. like my parents. Um, yeah, she has three She has three little ones, wow. three boys. Um, so I love visiting her and them. Yeah. That's awesome. You're um, just thinking about the different um, experience you're having as a 15-year-old now in comparison to many of us <laughs> and many of our experiences as 15-year-olds over the years. Yeah. I wanted to get from your perspective, what is it like being a young Indigenous woman today? What is that like for you? Um, it's, it's, it's a different experience. I guess it's interesting. Um, at my primarily um, Pākehā school, uh, I do get treated differently and sometimes it's more on the positive side like people like to uplift our small um, brown community at QMC. Um, on the other side I, I get stereotyped quite a bit. Um, people assume I know everything about all Indigenous mm -hmm. or Pacific cultures. Um, 
I don't know. I am still 15 and I think I think I still have a lot to experience and learn about what it means to be Indigenous in New Zealand. But from my experience, there, there have been a lot of ups and downs, especially at my school, outside of school and sports even. Mm. Yeah. Do, do you um, get to talk to your mum and your sister about their experiences at 15 and compare it to yours now? Oh, I haven't necessarily had that discussion with them yet, but we do have um, a lot of discussions about um, oh, what it means to be um, Indigenous and especially surrounded by um, Pākehā who... Um, uh, we, ha- oh, we have a lot of discussions about um, white fragility, mm. which I think is the right term, and about um, them, uh, my sister and my mum, who work um, around quite a bit of um, Pākehā people and how they um, have these really interesting experiences or interactions with them. Um, they either ignorant or make ignorant comments around my, my sister and mum, who... Um, are quite fair looking. Mm. So they often um, talk about how they feel to be surrounded by that, I guess. Yeah. Because I guess a lot of people make assumptions based on skin colour and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) say things and not realise. Yeah. Now, you um, currently, what is your role with Lazy Sneakers? Are you the founder, the director, the general manager? What do you... (laughs) Because your dad talks about being the secretary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's your what's your role? What's your title? Uh, I guess when I when I introduce myself to people, I say I'm the founder. Yeah. Because um, well, me and my family are really the founders. We thought of this together, and they've been so supportive of me. So basically, I say hi, am I? I'm the founder of Lazy Sneakers, or I say I run it. Mm. Yeah. And you came up with this idea when you were 12, is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So tell me, what is Lazy Sneakers? What does it do? Um, so Lazy Sneakers is a non-for-profit organisation that collects and distributes reusable sneakers um, to for people in need for free. Yeah. Wow. And what made, like, what was the driving force behind this idea? How did it come about? Um, well, I I think it started in 2018, um, but the concept really formed in 2017 where I had noticed a few of my friends um, playing basketball. We were all playing basketball. And I had noticed that a few of them were struggling to play or they straight up couldn't participate at all because um, they didn't have the proper footwear to do so. Mm. So it really restricted them and limited them. And because these are these were my friends, these are you see your friends as your equals and you know you think, why aren't they equal to, to me? Um, so I went back to my parents and I said, hey, um, this is what I've noticed. And um, we basically came up with the concept of a sneaker bank where we could um, just collect and distribute free sneakers. And it started off with my friends, but, you know, as I've, like, continued to grow Lazy Sneakers, I realised uh, material poverty is just is this huge issue in New Zealand and that we um, really should be doing more to help our, our communities, big or small, um, through... through um, this way, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And so with talking about material poverty, is it have you noticed it's certain communities that have this issue? Is it mostly Māori and Pacifica? Is it, um, you know, different parts of the country? Is it just in Wellington or is it in, you know, all areas? Is it in rural communities? What have you noticed from your experience? Um, definitely uh, 
uh, Māori and Pacifica people are affected by it, um, like disproportionately affected by it. Um, I think, but material poverty um, isn't picky. It can affect anyone. Um, yeah, anyone can be affected by material poverty. But what I have noticed is it does specifically kind of um, linger around our brown communities. Mm. Mm. And what what do these sneakers mean for people? Because I guess there's one element of it, like you say, they can play sports because they've got correct shoes. Yeah. But what does it actually mean for them when they're when they've got new secondhand shoes? Yeah, I mean, we we don't just um, distribute um, sports sneakers. We distribute a lot of casual sneakers, and a lot of these casual sneakers um, consist of Nike sneakers, um, um, Adidas. Uh, all these branded, really big brand sneakers. And when um, a kid who might not have necessarily had sneakers like that, branded um, sneakers, it gets them really excited. It's really cool to be able to own something that maybe your favourite sports star um, is sponsored by, um, that they represent. Uh, I remember one one kid, um, he had grabbed a pair of Nikes and we go, do you like them? He goes, yeah, I love them. We go, oh, why? And he goes... Um, well, they're Nike, and my favorite, my foot, my favorite football player, I think, um, wears Nike, and so it just meant a lot to him to be able to um, connect to mm. this sports person and the brand. Yeah. Wow. So, how does it work? Um, do people just like how do people find out about you, and how do they find out how to donate? Because do you go to big organisations where everyone in that workplace? brings in shoes on a certain day or are people dropping them off to your house or how do, how do you actually collect them? Um, so we use social media as a big platform to be able to spread our message and through social media we've been able to make new connections with people and um, reach out to them and set up collection sites um, at different workplaces because of it. People have seen what we do online and said hey I can help out so that's one um, way that these collection sites get um, set up. Other ways, um, we had connections before um, really officially starting Lazy Sneakers. Like we have very strong connections in the Wellington Basketball Association. So the WBA has been a huge collection site for these sneakers. So have many other places that we've been um, in contact with. Um, Wellington Chinese Sports and Cultural Centre, Wellington Boxing Gym. Um, yeah, so it's through these different connections and networks that we've had previously and also through social media where people see what we're doing and say, hey, I want to help out. How can I help mm. out? Yeah. That's awesome. And then how do you find the recipients? Um, of, yeah, like I said, we have our social media, right, but we don't like to reach out to people because mm. um, I hate to say it, but there is sometimes a pride thing of, you think I need sneakers? Who do you think, you know? Mm. Um, or it's just... Some people feel a bit um, ashamed that they need, um, that they kind of, to reach out for our help. So um, we let people come to us, whether it's an individual or a family or a, or a whole community like a school, maybe. Um, as long as there are people who are willing to reach out and say, hey, um, I think I need sneakers or I know someone who does, um, that's how Lazy Sneakers operates, yeah. Mm. And you were telling me earlier... So we went into um, your garage mm -hmm. and it looked, one side of the wall looked like a, a shop display. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, there were some size 18 
yeah. basketball shoes in there that I have never, ever seen shoes that size before. Yeah. Um, so that was really fascinating to me that a shoes are made in that size, but you're telling me they, they're made even bigger, like size 20s yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, but there were boxes and boxes of shoes. And, and what we were talking about when we were looking at them was you going into a school and maybe going into their gymnasium or their tennis court area or their, you know, outside space and mm-hmm. lining up all these shoes and then kids just walking past and being able to choose yeah. a, what they like, be the right size. Like how, what is the reaction that you get from students when you're able to do that? And how does that feel for you to kind of be a part of that process? Um, it's it's probably like the coolest process of um, running lazy sneakers, being able to go to schools, especially primary schools where the kids are so young and innocent and um, just, you know, full of life. And um, when they pick up these sneakers, like I said, these branded sneakers, these cool um, casual type of shoes, um, it's it's really cool for them. And I really enjoy seeing, seeing smiles on their face because because it's just so rewarding to be able to see them walking up and down the aisle of shoes and pick them up, try them on, go, actually, I don't like these, put them back. Um, Or sometimes they pick up a pair of sneakers and they go, hey, can I take this for my sister? And they take it home for their sister and their whole family gets provided with shoes. Mm. Um, It's cool. It's like a little shopping experience. Because I I remember one school we went to, they busted out all these um, paper brown shopping bags and said just go <laughs> just go hard and I was like oh my god this is so cool that's awesome yeah do have you ever had people come up to you needing those size 18 shoes yeah there are some people with big feet <laughs> like um I think it's, it's especially helpful with people for people with those um size feet size 18 even because they go to a, a sneaker shop and they won't have their size Obviously, I doubt Foot Locker will have size 18s. So, and and if they yeah. did, they'd probably be so expensive. Yeah, because they're such a you know, it's it's a size that very few people have. Mm-hmm. So they cost more money. Yeah. So if you've got, you know, I'm just thinking about a mum with teenagers or dad with teenage boys yeah. who really want to play basketball, but you just can't a find their shoes or b afford their shoes. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, and it's so cool because a lot of our bigger sizes that we get um, are are donated from professional basketball players. So these professional basketball players have obviously picked out really cool type of basketball shoes, kind of on the expensive side and um, trending. So when um, a family, an individual who wouldn't be able to necessarily afford these bigger, more cool shoes, I guess, come to Lazy Sneakers, it's cool for them because they're able to get these trendy sneakers that one, um, Foot Locker might not have, or and two, that um, just are currently really fashionable. Mm. So it's a win-win. That's awesome. The, um, the schools that connect with you, do they, like, is there a criteria for people who receive the shoes? Are they certain schools that you've liaised with in the past or do they have to meet a certain criteria for you to, to take do. boxes and boxes and boxes of shoes there? Um, no, not not necessarily, I guess. Um, if Yeah, no, not necessarily. I think a lot of the schools that have reached out um, have been these primary schools and um, no, no, I don't think the, the criteria, there's a criteria 
uh, we haven't gone to any decile 10 private schools to donate mm. sneakers. And I, I think there's a reason for yeah. that, you know. So, but, you know, no criteria is needed. Um, we're very help, we're very happy to help out where we can. Um, and we're just happy that someone's um, taken the initiative to reach out to us and we've, mm. that's um, rewarding for us. How much of your time does Lazy Sneakers take up? Because as you say, you are studying, mm. you're at school. I know that at this age and, and the older you're going to get, exams are going to get more difficult and there comes, yeah. you know, different levels of NCEA come into play. How much of your time is Lazy Sneakers taking up at the moment? Um, it takes up the... I mean, I, I try to find balance everywhere. Mm. Um, I couldn't necessarily say it takes up four hours a week because um, I work on lazy sneakers when I feel that I need to and when I have time to. And um, I think that's the healthiest way for me to do it. It's when I take a break from study, I go, okay, now let me do um, this for lazy sneakers. Um, sometimes it takes up more time in a week than it will the next week. It, it really depends, I guess, on what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. I asked you um, before we came today about your journey mm-hmm. and whether your journey was straightforward or, you know, what, what did it look like? And, um, you know, it's not easy for anybody, let alone a 15-year-old, um, but for many adults to start a charity or charitable organisation or not-for-profit, to get it off the ground and to actually be successfully doing what it intends to do. Mm. How, what, what have you learned through this process um, and how has it really sort of shaped you as an individual? Um, it's taught me, it's taught me a lot about, um, I guess, responsibility and community. Um, a lot of which I've um, learned from my mum and dad um, who have, you know, guided me when I've been um, growing Lazy Sneakers. Um, it's taught me a lot. I'm very thankful for the fact that I've had a lot of my family behind me um, when, like, whenever I've needed them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how, how hard has it been? It, what's some of the challenges that you've faced in creating Lazy Sneakers? Um, I guess I've had no money. <laughs> yeah, so um, running Lazy Sneakers was a matter of sorting out um, how to run it at low cost to no cost, mm. um, which I think we've been pretty successful um, in so far. Uh, another challenge was um, that when I when it was starting to grow and more people were starting to notice it, um, a lot of other people, especially people close to me, were kind of um, being starting to be rude, uh, I guess, starting to um, doubt me and say, oh, but, you know, it's not going to get that far. Um, I've, I have cut them off, but, like... That's right. Yeah. Cut, cut them out of your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess that was another challenging part, having to recognise who was going to be, like, a real one who was going to be there for me and who wasn't at the end of the day. And I'm actually very thankful for that because it's um, taught me a lot about who I surround myself with. Yeah. Yeah. The the idea, at the moment, I know that Lazy Sneakers is operating in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Are you operating in other parts of the country? 
Um, we're starting to um, branch out. Um, you know, social media is a huge platform for us and through that, um, we've been able to make connections um, in West Auckland. Um, we have a um, person over in West Auckland who's, you know, starting to collect sneakers at this um, store called The Sleep Store. Uh, it's really cool. Um, we are getting a lot of people coming through who can say, hey, I can, um, I can help out in Christchurch. Um, but so far we are mainly based in Wellington just because in order to set up collection sites and places for distribution in other places of the country, it takes a lot of people and time and effort mm. and commitment to be like, hey, I'm really going to, um, you know, help out. And people usually like to come up and say, hey, I really um, want to help out. What can I do? Um, but usually um, they don't follow through or they realise that it's actually a lot more work than they think it is. Mm. Mm. And I, I, get, I really hear you on that one because, you know, often when it's a not-for-profit, um, no one has the level of commitment that you have because that's what, you know, you're passionate about mm. it. It's This is your kaupapa. Yeah. And it takes a lot for other people to... I guess have that same level of standard and level of commitment. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, which is really, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy building a team around yeah. something like this. Mm -hmm. What is your hope though? Do you hope that you're able to take Lazy Sneakers nationally? Because it's, I mean, you can't necessarily go into all of those cities and personally yeah. help distribute them. Are you hoping that the model is being is replicated in other cities? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I re I would love for it to be this this national kind of project. Mm. So then we can start um, reaching out to more communities, um, you know. And I guess yeah, like you said, it it's hard because I I I'd want to be there for every every city that yeah. starts setting it up and. Um, it's just about finding the right people who are going to commit and who aren't just going to be like, yeah, I'll help out and then do nothing. Um, more like they they really love being able to say, oh, it's so cool, I'm going to help out. But they don't love being the person to just um, start it and then keep it going consistently. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that is such a difficult thing to yeah find people who have the same standard as you mm -hmm. who will deliver it the way that you deliver because it's your yeah. brand yeah no I have high yeah, expectations it's, yeah. it's your brand it's your baby and if something's not working in another city mm. that reflects on you whether or not you're there yeah <laughs> yeah it does it's really hard but um yeah I'd love for it to be national it's just about finding the right people mm. Mm. no wow I'm who knows? Someone might be listening. They might be able to help make yeah. that happen. Mm -hmm. And so, the is there a need for lazy sneakers at the moment? Do you have something that you really need to help continue with this work? Uh, I guess um, there there are about two things I can think of immediately is storage because um, a lot of the sneakers that we collect we have to you know. Um, not squish, but kind of find a space for them mm. in um, our garage that we have. And um, it's not a very big garage. It's not a big <laughs> garage. So, yeah, if any storage companies would like to sponsor us, that would be cool. Awesome. Um, secondly, I just immediately think of 
advertisements, I guess, um, more ways of spreading our message, um, whether that's through social media or, or I, I don't know, other types of advertisements so we can start connecting to more people who might want to set up more collection sites or start connecting with um, more communities in need. Um, advertisement would probably be key to that so we can spread our message. How many pairs of shoes do you think you have at the moment? In our garage, we have probably about a thousand. Wow. But we've um, collected 3,000 um, so far and distributed 2,000. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. Thank you. What are you hoping to change with this initiative? Um, change with this initiative? Um, we just want to help as many people as we can. Um, would love to inspire change too. Um, if anyone can see lazy sneakers and say, hey, I, that's a cool idea, I want to do that too, then I think um, my job's done. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I asked you um, before I came down, how are you changing the world? Mm. And your answer was, I'm unsure if I'm changing the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think about these um, size 18 basketball shoes, they've made a real impression on me, as you can <laughs> tell. <laughs> I'm like fixated on these size 18 basketball shoes. <laughs> but um, I was just thinking, you know, you distributing these shoes to a young person who then goes on to become a professional athlete because yeah. they were able to have shoes to go and train in. And I know that you say you're unsure how you're changing the world, but I am pretty sure that you are changing so many little worlds. <laughs> Every single person who has a pair of shoes, um, changing their world, which in turn changes their world. Because you, you know, the support that you're um, giving people and this inspiration and this hope and this connecting with their idols and all of these <laughs> things that you've just spoken about. Yeah. Um, is so impactful when you think of how these things affect young people. Yeah. And hopefully, here's the thing, hopefully whoever gets those shoes and becomes a professional mm -hmm. whatever sport player, that they remember you and you get some tickets to go watch them play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Just me. You should have a little thing on the inside of the shoe. Oh, yeah. If you, if you become a professional athlete, here's my phone number. Please invite me to watch you play. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that would be pretty amazing. That would be so cool. <laughs> so the Lazy Sneakers is one part of your life. Mm -hmm. And I'm really interested to know what else is going on in your life yeah. and what it is you want to do with your life. Is, <laughs> is Lazy Sneakers going to be the thing that you pursue after school or do you have other dreams that you want to go and pursue and things you want to be? Um, in terms of Lazy Sneakers, I don't know. I actually think it depends on where I go to uni mm. because I do have these these pretty high, um, high hopes of going to university overseas and I think the the harsh reality is if I go overseas, it's going to be really difficult to run Lazy Sneakers mm -hmm. in New Zealand. Yeah. But um, I would love to keep it going, even if, it's, even if it is passing it off to someone who I know is passionate about it and going to commit um, just as hard as, um, I guess, me and my family have. 
um, that might be the way to go. But right now I'm just focusing on lazy sneakers and trying to um, grow it as much as I can. Where overseas do you want to study? Um, anywhere. <laughs> anywhere, honestly. Anywhere out of New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do really love um, the idea of going to Hawaii. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, or even Spain, because I take Spanish at school and I really like learning about Spanish culture. Um, anywhere I can go in the world where I can learn um, something new about a different culture, um, experience different um, cultural um activities, I guess, different opportunities. Um, yeah, really cool. I think even Hawaii, I really love the um, um, culture that indigenous Hawaii um, has because I've been there once and it was it was so cool. Mm. Yeah. Do you have a particular area that you want to study? Like area of study is what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so you want to go into business or law or medicine or... Mm, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I really like the idea of business and being my own boss. Um, yes, girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really like media. Media studies is something I'm taking next year. Yeah. Um, film and film and um, being creative is something that I would really like to incorporate into what I do, um, whatever I do. Yeah. I mean, one of my recent... Um, ideas that I've had for a career is owning like a farm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I stayed in New Zealand, isn't, um, what is it? Isn't agriculture our biggest, biggest industry? <laughs> um, yeah. Love to own a, what Rachel Tolalay's doing? Like, oh, she's, um, has, oh, yeah. yeah, corner wines and it's so cool. And, um, the idea of owning a vineyard it's pretty cool. Yeah, so she's she's one of our nakuahine. Yeah. And she is um, the CEO of Kono, so it's the food and beverage arm of Wakatu Corporation. And so that's, yeah, that, that's a great job to yeah. aspire to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of media too, like I really enjoyed filming some little advertisements for Lazy Sneakers and being able to direct people and tell people what to do um, has been really... Yeah. And you sent me one of those ads and it was it like one of your friends was dancing? Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah, no, I'm so proud of that video and I really am so excited to take media next year so I can like what's the word? Um up like boost my yeah. my media skills, my directing <laughs> skills. That's awesome. And your friend that was dancing, mm -hmm. is that like are they is that sort of what they do? Is that their career pathway? They're gonna go and become a professional dancer? No, she's so cool. Um her name's Tia. She she was so cool and um my friend Shayla helped direct the video with me. Yeah, she she's a really good dancer. Um she has moved to Australia, so I haven't been in touch with her recently. But, you know, I hope she becomes a professional dancer because, mm. yeah, she she's so good at it. For people that are listening, you, they can go and find this. Is it on your Facebook page? Yeah, and Instagram. And Instagram. So, mm -hmm. lazy, at Lazy Sneakers? Yep. So, go and have a look at these ads that Maya's made because yeah. they're pretty cool. <laughs> um, can you tell me... I, <laughs> I'm really keen. We talked a little bit about Rachel and we've talked about your mum and your sister. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about some other Indigenous women that have really inspired you on your journey? Um, I guess I have to talk about another family member. It's probably my nana on my mum's side. 
Um, her name's Nana Ma and Ma stands for Māori because oh. <laughs> I have my Nana Sa on my dad's side who's Nana Samoan. And um, yeah, my Nana, she's the most independent person I've I'm probably ever met. And I say that with full confidence because she is, um, she's just such a cool like woman. Like she um, has worked for the marae for several years. She's um, just resigned, but what she's done in her community has made a huge impact and she's so committed to the people around her. And um, there's not a day where she's relaxing. Mm. She never relaxes. There's always something she has to be up and doing. Um, always something um, she has to um, be doing. She, she's either sewing, she's either writing a report for the marae, she's either down there. Um, she's always busy and she's always doing the most she can to um, help her small community in Torere. Yeah. And how old is she? Oh, she's 72. Oh, still young. Yeah. Still got lots of life left in mm. her. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um you, I, I'm just thinking about some crazy but true facts about you. Yeah. And I remember, well, you've let me know mm-hmm. that you watch a series called Last Dance. Yeah. I've never seen it. Can you tell me? No. Like, is something, like what am I missing out on? Because no. I have, not only have I never seen it, I've never actually heard of it. Oh. <laughs> but then I'm wondering, is it the cheerleader thing? I'm leaving. <laughs> Oh, no, no. It's an actual dance thing? No, uh, it's not. I I know what cheerleader documentary you're talking about, but um, this is something different. Not not that I've ever seen that cheerleader documentary either. But so what's Last Dance? Because, I mean, the crazy but true fact is that you love it and you watch it so much that you just watch it over and over and over again. I mean, what am I missing out on? Tell me about it. Yeah, I don't know if it's a crazy fact, but it's definitely... Or if you're just crazy. Yeah, it makes me sound crazy. (laughs) The Last Dance is a documentary about Michael Jordan and the 97... the 97 to 98 season of the Chicago Bulls. Okay, I'm, is, I say I was like way off what I thought. <laughs> oh, the last dance is like my has my whole heart. It is like I watch it religiously. Yesterday I was watching it and like the day before I was watching it in between study breaks I watch it. It basically just follows Michael Jordan in his um, sports career yeah. and then his personal life. And it's so interesting and you explore... The whole thing is about Michael Jordan, but, you know, second episode, it kind of focuses on Michael Jordan's um, second, like, his best man, which is Scottie Pippen. And then third is Dennis Rodman. And Dennis Rodman is my just... There's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Rodman's all sorts of crazy. Yeah, you know Dennis Rodman? <laughs> yeah. He's insane and I love him. He's so cool and has dyed hair and his... Um, he, one time he showed up to his book signing in a wedding dress and makeup and... Yeah, that's right. I remember mm-hmm. that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He's my idol. So I watched The Last Dance religiously because it's so um, interesting about... Um, the 90s was crazy. Like, I love watching it. The 90s was really um, interesting time. And um, it incorporates some of, like, my favourite passions, like uh, basketball. Um, talks about Michael Jordan's um, sneakers. Yeah. And how he originally didn't want to go with Nike. Um, he actually wanted to go with Adidas, but Adidas said, no, we don't have time for you, Michael Jordan. Wow. Yeah. And Nike was like, oh, we'll take him. And so now he's built this huge sneaker empire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it incorporates just everything I love. And Dennis Rodman is the coolest person, I think, like coolest male idol I'll ever have because he's just, yeah, inspiring. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, just where he's come from, how far he's gotten in life. So basketball's your sport then? Mm-hmm, yeah. What position do you play? Um, I used to be a... I used to be a big, what's called a big, so that would be the four or five position um, where you basically just um, stand underneath the hoop or the what we call the paint and you just, um, yeah, the biggest person in the team basically, the tallest and most solid person in the oh, team. Yeah. But I am so, sh- like I have not grown <laughs> at all. I'm like five foot six, almost, I could be five foot five. I'm just five foot six. So I'm a guard, which basically means, or a wing. So I sit on the wing of the three-point line and, um, yeah, like a role player, basically. I had a little laugh at myself when I asked you that question because even if, like, no matter what you answered me, I would have just been like, oh, yeah, I know nothing <laughs> about basketball. Yeah. I, know a th- I know where you get a three-pointer from. Yeah. And I know slam dunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Can't a, do that yet. That's about all I know about yeah. basketball. <laughs> I do not slam dunk, unfortunately. <laughs> and so do you have ambitions to take sport into a career? Um, I don't know. Or professional, I should say. I love basketball and I think it's, I think it's such a cool sport and it's such a community sport. Everyone in bas- in Wellington basketball knows everyone. Mm. But in terms of taking it further, um, I'm not sure. Um, I really like what I'm... I really like um, doing my own thing sometimes and basketball can take up a lot of time. Um, yeah, I guess if I did go overseas, I would prefer it to be for academics or something else. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I still love basketball. Yeah. It, I was going to say, speaking of academics, but I actually had nothing really to do with academics. Um, I wanted to just go back to the corridor that we had right at the beginning around you being selected as one of the 25 young women under 25. Hang on, let me say this properly. <laughs> 25 young women, 25 years old and younger. Yeah. But chosen from nominees from across the country and you were one of them. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about what that program, what it's like being a part of that and like how stoked you were to be yeah. one of the 25 from across Aotearoa? Yeah, it was It was really, um, it was crazy to me because all I could think about was there are, there are so many women in New Zealand that could have been chosen, but out of out of you know twenty five, I'm one of the twenty five that were chosen, and it was um, it was a bit strange because I was like, wow, why am I here? <laughs> yeah, but it was it was cool because um, it was such a well organized event, and I met so many new people, um, so many Y two five women who are at the Nuku event, and I got to catch up with them and. Mm. Um, yeah, it was so cool to be able to see what these different women were doing in their respective fields, um, like how they were making a difference in their uh, different areas. Um, it was really, it was so cool to attend to. They gave us some cool free stuff, which was which was pretty cool. The free stuff. Yeah, we got to love the free <laughs> stuff. And also spending the night there was so cool. Um, spending the night in Auckland, um, I really enjoyed it. 
uh, I went up with this with this girl who also goes to my school. Her name's Angie, and um, I guess I knew about her, but we'd never really spoken. And I got to build this really cool connection with this girl, and I got to um, find out about everything that she's doing, um, and just make these really interesting connections with everyone else, and um, meet these people, meet these women who are um, much older than me, and be able to find inspiration in what they're doing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the speakers were cool. <laughs> there, I managed to sit in on a couple of those speakers, and they were pretty yeah. awesome. You and you and all the all the rest of the speakers were were so um, great to listen to. Um, and I, I had my notebook ready, and I was writing so much because there was just so much information um, to absorb and and um, yeah, to absorb and just um, keep me keep me going. I guess, mm. yeah. Um, and so those speakers, was there someone that really stood out to you? Uh, yeah, I think um, Chloe Swarbrick really stood out to me. To be honest, that was the first time I ever heard of her or um, heard her speak and it really left an impression on me. And um, she was just so articulate and very um, uh, unafraid and confident in what she was saying. And I like absorbed it all because she was such a cool speaker to listen to. And um, she was very, you can tell she's very passionate about what she's doing in politics. Mm. And I was, I'm very, um, I'm very happy there's someone like her in politics to um, stand up to, um, you know, what's stand up to all these terrible decisions that people are making in governments. That all these old people are making in government. Yeah. I don't want to say it, these white males. Yeah. Say it, girl. We all hear you, all yeah. these old white men that are making all these decisions for yeah. us in government. These mediocre white guys and she, she's really taking a stand and now I feel like I was like, oh, no, I'm going to follow the Green Party. And my mum and dad were like, um, okay. Yeah. You know, having um, been a part of that event and having seen you and seen the other 24 women, it was so inspiring to see the amount of young wahine that are just doing such phenomenal things in Aotearoa. And, you know, when I think about each of you contributing in all of these different spaces, I think about how bright the future looks for my daughter. Oh, yeah. And um, even just sitting here talking with you today and to, to just, sometimes I forget you're only 15. <laughs> like you are only 15 and you've you've got such an amazing passion and you're, um, I'm, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying now. I'm sitting here like <laughs> babbling on my own podcast. But what I'm, what I'm really trying to articulate is that I'm so proud and I don't actually know you that well. I've met you like twice. Thank you. Um, but I'm so proud and I just am so hopeful mm. because our young wahine that are coming up, younger than you, because I think you're quite younger than me, yeah. um, but, but even younger than you, have got these amazing leaders to look up to already. Mm. And so that brings me to my last question, which is what is your hope for the future of Indigenous women. Yeah. Oh, I think I think it's exactly what you said because um, I'd love to have more Indigenous women, like, role models. I don't think there are, um, are a lot 
um, that are special that are boosted up by um, media, mm-hmm. um, particularly. Um, that's why Nuku is great because it gives me the opportunity to find more people making a difference who are Indigenous women who I can then look up to. Um, a lot of the people that I've been able to look up to um, have been family members. Um, but I'd love to see more representation in media, especially. Um, that's probably my biggest hope, to be able to see more Indigenous women making a difference and then being boosted up by media so that more young girls um, who, are li- who are like them or look like them can say, hey, she's, she's, she's me, basically. Mm. I can do that too. Awesome. Yeah. Now, I know that um, you've got Lazy Sneakers apparel mm-hmm. merch. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing you wear a hoodie. I've seen some T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Is this one way that people can support you? Can they buy these things? Yeah. Where can they buy them? Um, you can message us on our um, social media platforms. When there is a website to buy them on, that's when... Um, we'll start telling people to go to our website, but we have yet to set that up. Um, however, if you do would like a sweatshirt or a T-shirt or a crew neck, um, people can message us on Instagram or Facebook with their size, their um, their address, and we will basically just send it to you. Mm-hmm. Cool. So all the ways, all the things that you need and all the ways people can support, they can follow you on social media at Lazy Sneakers. They can purchase some merch. Mm-hmm. Um, really keen for people to help with advertising and getting more people engaged in uh, who those who need shoes. Yeah. Um, looking for someone who can help with storage needs. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which would be great. And I'm going to add one more is that looking for some digital support um, and and let's put it out there, Spotify, yeah. to, uh, not Spotify, Spotify, <laughs> Shopify. Shopify. <laughs> yeah. To give you guys a free platform so you can make this happen. So mm. if anyone is listening can support in any of those things, yeah. I have found you one of the most deserving wahine <laughs> in need of your support. Um, Maya, we've come to the end and I, <laughs> I kind of want to just keep talking to you because it's so refreshing <laughs> To hear this, you know, young, energetic voice with all of these amazing <laughs> hopes and passions and what it is you're up to. Yeah. Um, I just want to really thank you for taking the time to call it all with us today and welcoming mm-hmm. us into your home down here in, in Wellington in Poneke. <laughs> I am extremely excited to see where Lazy Sneakers is going to go. Um, and there's still a few more years before you head off to university. So there's still yep. a few more years for Lazy Sneakers to develop and, mm-hmm. and grow into... Yeah, exactly. A, a safe space before you yeah. take a break and then come back again. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Um, uh, the photo shoot's going to be great because we're going to go and play with all of these shoes now. Yeah, these size 18s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kia ora. Cool. Thank you.